Who more other than maybe Jesus and maybe someone else you know that persevered more than Paul the Apostle? And today we're honored to have Miguel Lemming come and talk about Paul and his words to us, which is stand firm. Miguel? Thank you. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Great. Oh, it's good to be back in this building. Um, I had been away for a little while. Uh, the last time I was here, I had one child. I now have three. So I've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. And that is... <laughs> you, you knew it, didn't you? Yeah. Um, so, Lord, I just pray that you give me the words. Um, may this be the word from your Holy Spirit and not me. I'm just a vessel. In your name, amen. So, gentlemen, um, I know you've been through uh, called to persevere. And this morning I woke up and I had to persevere. It's nice to wake up in the morning, see snow out there, and not have to go out there. But uh, I know all of you woke up this morning, drove here. So thank you for that. Um, I'm going to um, just take you back to where I grew up, where there was no snow. I grew up in a place called Zimbabwe. Uh, it was Rhodesia when I was born. Uh, Zimbabwe is a gorgeous country. It is landlocked. Um, South Africa is south of us. Um, we have Jody and Kathy uh, Adams out there in South Africa, and we're north of that in Zimbabwe. Um, there is this wonderful uh, feature called Victoria Falls. It is the largest waterfall in the world. It is at least a mile wide and about 300 feet of a sheet of water. So it's neither the longest nor the highest, but it is the largest by mass. Uh, it's about three times the size of Niagara Falls. So if you've been to Niagara, that is large. I am a golfer. I grew up watching Nick Price, and Nick Price accomplished a lot of fantastic things to put uh, Zimbabwe golfing on the map. Um, I've loved some movies, and some of our stars have come out of there. Some of you have seen Faith Like Potatoes. Uh, some of you have seen Star Wars. I would probably recommend Faith like potatoes as a movie. Uh, but we've had some actors and actresses coming out of uh, Zimbabwe, so that's been uh, pretty good. Uh, but in Victoria Falls, there was a place that I loved to go, and it was by this tree. This is a tree just outside from the falls, and that's a baobab tree. This tree is 2,000-plus years old, and it is, it is as wide as it is high. It's about 40 to 50 feet wide and about 60 to 80 feet high. And when, when Mike had asked me to speak today and talk, talk about stand firm, the roots of this tree probably go as deep as, as you see the branches above. And that little thing is almost like a house. So you could put a house in, in, in the base of that tree. So that, that just gives you how big that base and trunk is. And it's that stand firm, that stand firm message that, that Paul speaks about. So I'd like to touch on that by taking us back to the fall. And uh, if you have your Bibles, um, you can take it out in Genesis 2, uh, 8 to 9. This is from the NIV. Now the Lord had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge good and evil. There are two trees. So this actually dawned on me. I always thought it was just one tree where Adam and Eve sinned. 
but they were two trees. And they chose to eat from the tree of knowledge. I wonder, I always wondered, if they chose from the tree of life, would, would, would things have changed, right? But they actually chose to, to consume from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So uh, I'll just jump down to verse 10, Genesis 3, 6, uh, 10. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, right? So uh, Adam takes the fruit, eats it, gives it to Adam. He takes it, eats it. God sees this and that's Adam's response. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put me here with, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. It's not my fault. You God, that lady, not me, right? did not stand firm in the command that God had given him. So we see too here, and Mike gave me this fantastic uh, summary of, of uh, what this the series has been about, and I'm just going to read what Mike put because I thought it was fantastic. Um, Michael Morey, ladies and gentlemen, right? Uh, all, <laughs> I think... Uh, you know, Mike's inspired a lot of us to, to speak here, but um, when, when I hear Mike speak, it's just phenomenal. Your testimony and putting all this together, and I want to thank you again for the food. Uh, it's just a great, great group of guys. And uh, I know there's been times when it's been full, full house, right? And there's been times when it's not, but you've been consistent and faithful, and you've stood firm in, in setting up Wednesday morning. So uh, I wanted to just talk about that, just standing firm in this, to allow men and brothers to gather. Iron sharpens iron, Proverbs 27, 17. So... All of mankind, although made in the image of God, since the fall, has taken on many forms of iniquity, one of which is too often a willingness to abandon the truth. When heavy trials make us tired during spiritual battle, knowing such, the Apostle Paul throughout the biblical epistles calls for God's followers to stand firm in the battle. So I thought those were great words, Mike. Thank you for that. Um, let's, let's go into some of the biblical truth uh, from Paul, right? So his letter to the Philippians 4.1. Uh, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. In Ephesians, he writes, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, stand, to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. This was another, I think... Uh, took a little bit from, uh, from what Mike wrote to me, but the word shows us that Paul is certainly an example we can follow in putting on perseverance. Even after all the trials Paul went through, including severe beatings, being stoned and left for dead, we heard that from Pastor Seth two weeks ago, left for dead, being shipwrecked, and finally being unjustly thrown into Roman prison, Paul still goes on. This next one's pretty long, so I'm going to just jump to... Um, this is from 2 Corinthians 11. I'm going to jump to where it says five times I received a phone call from my, my brothers. <laughs> five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger 
from rivers, in danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So in spite of all those attacks, he still willingly walked into that. He willingly chose to spread the gospel and stand firm. It's almost, if you're getting whipped, whiplash, killed, probably at some point you're like, you know what? I'm going to go find a different job, right? I'm going to turn in my resume. I'm going to go find something else. Um, but he, he walked into this. I don't often want to reference books, but um, so I've been reading uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And uh, just biblically, just seeing how uh, we've seen men stand firm for the gospel. Uh, obviously, Christ dies on the cross, so he's not a martyr, uh, but he sets the tone, uh, s- sacrificing himself. First martyr, Stephen. The second person to suffer and die for the church was Stephen, whose name was Crown. You can reference that in Acts 6, 8. He was martyred because of the faithful way in which he proclaimed the gospel to those who had killed Jesus. They became so enraged at what he said to them, they drove him out of the city and stoned him to death. Think about that, right? Stephen's martyrdom came eight years, just eight years after Christ was crucified. And then uh, Matthew 2, verse 16, uh, this was about two years before Herod the Great died. Um, James. James, the son of Zebedee and Siloam, was the elder brother of the apostle John. He was the first of, first of the twelve apostles to be martyred, Acts 12, 2. He was executed about A.D. 44 by the order of King Herod Agrippa. So listen to this. That when James was being led to the execution, his extraordinary courage impressed one of his captors, the executioner, such a, to such a degree that the executioner fell to his knees, claimed Christ, and was executed with James. His execution was about to chop his head off, and he said, if this man is dying for Christ, I want to believe. Put down his sword, went on his knees, and said, behead me too. And he, he was beheaded with James. I'll skip through. There are so many countless, countless um, martyrs in this book. Andrew. Andrew was the brother of Peter, Matthew 4.18. Tradition says he preached the gospel to many Asiatic nations and was martyred in Odyssea by being crucified on an X-shaped cross, which came to be known as St. Andrew's cross. Paul. The apostle Paul was imprisoned in Rome in 1861, right? We know the life of Paul. We just read about his trials. Not long after he was judged guilty of crimes against the emperor and condemned to death, He was taken to the execution block and beheaded, A.D. 66, just four years before Jerusalem fell. I'll just end with John. The Apostle John, brother of James, is credited with founding seven churches, and we read that in Revelation. It was from Ephesus, it is said, that he was arrested and sent to Rome, where he was cast into a large vessel filled with boiling oil and did not harm him. As a result, he was released. He didn't die in the boiling oil, but he was released. And as a result, he was released and banished by the emperor Domitian to an island where he wrote the book of Revelation. 
So God preserved some of these men um, from boil somebody in oil, surely, death. We, we heard about boil, you get, boil, you get stoned. And stoning wasn't little pebbles, right? We're not talking about little dinky pebbles from a fishbowl. These were boulders. Dragged him out to the city and Paul got up and walked back into the city. A um, little bit about me uh, and, and how I've stood firm. Maybe a challenge for you men. I've had some phenomenal mentors and leaders. Um, you know, Dave Stowe uh, was just uh, very, very encouraging to sit at a table with him and craft what we knew as men's ministry, Thursday nights, invested in men's lives for three years with Catalyst Men's Group. And from that Catalyst Men's and Timothy project, I was encouraged by um, the people that I sat around um, to, to follow what God's call was. And for me, it was setting up a nonprofit. So I went back to my country, told you about Zimbabwe, and I tried to help young children, um, struggling, marginalized, at-risk kids uh, stay in school. Uh, if, if you're aware and familiar, in many of these third world countries, and Jody and Kathy experienced this in South Africa, many kids go to school because it's the only place they can get a meal and the safety of the school principal and teachers. Because at home, there's abuse, sexual, physical, emotional, mental, and some of them don't eat at home. So in order to get a meal, they go to school. As you know, with the challenges last year, more of a challenge when schools are shut down. So I just heard they, they finally, after two months of being shut down, are opening the schools up now in Zimbabwe. But it, it allowed me to, to open this, um, or listen to this call from the Lord, and see how I could stand firm for some of these kids that had just turmoil in their lives. Uh, thankfully, a mentor of mine was Jim Walter, uh, former elder. Uh, many of you know Jim. Jim uh, and I were kindred spirits from South Africa, and he encouraged me to start a 5013C. And I talked to Jerry Bratt Sr. about this, because Jerry was very familiar with the 5013C, and they helped me with the formation. And I've been able to build this over the last 11 years to form Ten Toes Africa. And so we've got a board. Um, my life verse is John 1010. For the thief comes to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life in abundance. And so we just want to encourage these children to stand firm in the gospel. Jesus Christ, right? Above all, everything else is wavering. Everything else will fail. But Christ, um, Christ um, remains. Um, that dollar note there, sorry, uh, just slack. I just wanted to point that out. If you could just go back one. Um, talk about an economy failing. Um, the economy failed in about 2001, 2002, when I came over to the U.S. in pursuit of a degree. Um, that was 20 years ago. Uh, the, the economy fell to such a point that this was a note given to me. It's a $100 trillion note. So I don't know if you've got a calculator, but every time you enter a trillion, it errors. And the trillion dollar note only buys you a tube of toothpaste. So things are trillions of dollars. So I gave my dad one. I said, Dad, don't say I never made you a trillionaire. Okay, here you go. Right? Um, but literally, they would carry cases of cash in bags. When you go to the restaurant, you pay in cash. There was no credit card. There was no card. They wouldn't accept that because of transaction fees. And so with that poverty, um, there is no safety of that. So I don't want to watch my time. And um, I wanted to just move over to how we as a church stand firm. Uh, I'm blessed. Um, blessed to, to sit among elders uh, on the elder board. Um, giants have come and stood this church up over the last 40 years. 
Um, you know, I've sat with Marty. Um, I did Marty's social media posts for eight years, daily devotionals with Marty. And uh, it's just great to usher in Seth and then just sit alongside uh, the elders as we, as we insulate and, and, and pray for Seth as he leads our church. Um, but as you know, we've, we've changed over the last couple of years our, our mission, our vision, and our core values statements, right? We had listened to God's call and follow it, right? It was phenomenal. But it was very individual, too. Hear God's call and follow it was really individual. And so I think it was expanded out to involve all of us from a congregation. And if you look at our, our vision now, to see communities where people are encouraged and equipped to lead Jesus-centered, missionally engaged, and relationally healthy lives so we can stand firm in the gospel, in our communities. I heard it said, it's eroding. The school systems are eroding. Christ is being constantly eroded out of the messaging and what we see. But we've got to stand firm and ensure that we stand firm. Sorry. Oh, sorry, next time. So um, my time is, is up here. I do want to leave you with two challenges. That tree that I showed you in the beginning, um, that was a tree that just resonated with me. But some of us are the tree on the, on the, on the right. My, my right, your left. <laughs> some of us are the tree on the left. We are blown by society, we're blown by our work, we're blown and we, we are just at a wit's end. We're just hanging on with the few roots that we have in whatever it is, a retirement plan, in work, my cell phone. We just, we just got those last few roots that we're just being tugged by all these other forces and we're just hanging on by a thread. And some of us are firmly, firmly grounded and rooted in the cross, the one tree, that immortal tree of Christ. My question is, what tree are you? When do you struggle to stand firm? What are those struggles that you face that are just tugging your roots out of the ground? Second question, where do you go for strength and support? Gentlemen, I want to encourage you. I know that some of these stories of men that have stood firm for the gospel Maybe discouraging, but I take courage that people have died to preserve the word that I might be able to stand here and share this with you. And so if it's encouragement enough, continue to stand firm for the gospel. Wow, great advice. Thank you so much, Miguel. Guys, it's time to go to your discussion groups. The discussion questions are up here. Make sure next week, Elder Phil Morgan's going to come and give his personal testimony. God bless you all. Thanks for coming. See you next week, Lord willing.